Welcome to KJV Cafe. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. Each episode of the cafe is dedicated to studying the Bible verse by verse from Genesis through Revelation. Your host here at the cafe is Bible teacher Clark Covington. Looks like the coffee is hot and ready, so let's get started. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. Good to have you back here at KJV Cafe. We're picking up part two of Genesis 1.12. You see, we went through a bunch of verses a few episodes ago, and you were thinking, all right, it's going to be a breeze. And now we're here getting on one verse and have to do full two full episodes, uh, maybe even more now, but we'll probably get through it here. But thank you for joining me. Um, we were talking here last episode about uh, the Lord speaking things into existence and how difficult that can be for some to believe. Some people, I mean, when you look at the explanation of uh, evolution or the Big Bang Theory, it's absolutely insane. It's like they think that something, something from nothing exploded and created everything. I mean, it's just absolutely crazy. And that evolution, everything evolved, but now it's all stopped evolving, you know. And now, by the way, it's devolving, but that's a whole other message. So either way, it's crazy, but everybody believes it. And you have, I don't know, there's a lot of modern terms for this, like herb, herd mentality or group think. You just go with it, you know. Um, I went to see a doctor one time, or well, my child did, CJ did, our youngest, and he was uh, having ear issues. And I was talking to the doctor and um, I was like, had this theory that maybe the ear issue was from some kind of allergy. And this guy took out a chart, just showed me all these things on the chart. It was like, actually, the chart was actually, I think, like an ear. So it was like a jumbo ear, whatever it was. I'm looking at this thing like, okay, doc, you got it. You know, like he seemed very convincing. He had, he held the ear up and he showed pictures of the ear as well as told story. I don't know. I'm like, all right, man, you got it. Okay. That's a lot about, uh, people being taught evolution and taught the big bang theory, you know, they're just mentioned so authoritatively. They talk about carbon dating. Like it is like 100% sure. Like someone a billion years ago, cause they say the earth's a billion years old was here to do that. You know, they were here. No, they weren't here. Amen. But we have the book. Amen. We have the Bible. And if you want to get real specific, like I was watching a video yesterday, uh, a guy, he does, tours in um, Israel, the Holy Land, a really good, he's a pastor and a tour leader and a teacher. And he was talking about the Dead Sea Scrolls and how they help reinforce prophecy because uh, they were mentioning things that before they happened. Amen. And look, we, we, we know the Bible's true. We have God's word. And here in Genesis 1, it tells us God created all things. And not just God, but specifically Jesus Christ. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so that's verse 11 of Genesis one and verse 12. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind. And that's where we've been talking about this idea of sowing and reaping. The idea that when you sow seeds, you plant seeds, you hope to reap a crop. Amen. And those that garden know all about this. You all probably know better than I do. My wife and I are awful gardeners. We try, but we, we uh, sometimes succeed, but oftentimes we don't. 
But the general crux of it is you put a seed in the ground, it gets watered over time, it grows, it matures, and there's fruit to it, right? And here in Galatians 6, 8, this is kind of where we left off. Uh, last episode, for he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. And so we have this creation of the seed in Genesis 1, and the idea that that there is a, a something coming from it, right? And we have here in Galatians in the New Testament, um, we have Paul writing that, you know what, you're going to have one or the other. So if you are sowing to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. What's the flesh? That's the natural man. You know, we think about this. The fruit of sowing the flesh is corruption. How, why we are programmed to naturally be evil and thus need a supernatural change to take place. Romans 8, 7 through 10, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, capital S, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. But if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. I'm going to get to the, I'm going to tackle this verse just as soon as we get back from our break. You're listening to KJV Cafe. We encourage you to look us up on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Now let's get back to some more in-depth Bible study. So let's just take a step back. Why some people may be asking, why are we pre-programmed to naturally be evil? That is our natural self. That is what's referred to in Romans 8, uh, 7 through 10 as the carnal mind. That comes from Adam and Eve. So Adam and Eve sin in the Garden of Eden, and that sin becomes what's called the original sin, right? And that sin curse is passed down from generation to generation. By the way, they were they didn't really need to worry too much about the crops there in Garden of Eden. But once sin entered the picture, death entered the picture, as Paul writes. And now with death entering the picture, they're expelled from the garden and life becomes really, really hard. And sin has carried on throughout the rest of time. Uh, and so we here today are saddled with the sin curse, though, when we accept Christ as Savior, since he paid for our sin debt, we are born again. We are regenerated, the Bible says. And so when you're born again, you're no longer under the sin curse. Now, you may still have sinful tendencies. You may still mess up, as they say. Uh, we all do. But we are no longer under the bondage of sin. We have liberty in Christ. We are free in Christ. He did not come to condemn, but to save. Amen. It's a beautiful thing to be saved. And part of that deals with being able to live for the Lord, because that's how God wants us to live, which I'll get to in a minute. But in this verse, it's telling us the natural man, the unsaved man, cannot live as God would have him to live. Because the carnal mind is enmity. That enmity word means like warfare against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Like you can't expect someone that is natural born, that is not saved, to truly please God. It says verse 8, So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. So if, if so, if so, <laughs> I tripped over this one. Verse nine, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. But uh, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you, we'll get through it. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. So we see here, 
The spirit is life because of righteousness, because Jesus Christ, he is righteousness. It's not of us, it's of him. And how do we mortify, mortify these deeds of the body, the, the, the sinful nature? Through the spirit. Who is the spirit? It's Jesus. We are to live for him. God wants us to live for him. So in Genesis 1, we're introduced to this idea of the seed and the idea of reproduction and the idea of what we need to live and all these things. And here we have throughout the Bible, this poetic approach to how we are to live for God, that we are to put off the old man, that we are to, to, to live new in Christ and to sow seeds in the spirit and to reap of the spirit, which is life. God's will for us is to live righteously. Micah 6, 8. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. You know, that's what we, what's what God intends for us to do. And if we aren't born again, we can't do it. And if we are born again, we can do it, but not through any working of ourselves, but through the spirit that lives within us. Because you have the Holy Trinity, you have God the Father, you have God the Son, and you have God the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit living within us that enables us to live as God would want us to live. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Do justly. Again, can't do it on our own, but we can do it with the Spirit. Love mercy. Can't do it on our own, but we can do it with the Spirit. We can love the mercy God gives us. And to walk humbly. Can't do it on our own, but we can do it by the working of the Spirit. Amen? Is this in us today? Are we doing justly? Are we loving mercy? Are we walking humbly with God? You know, when we look at what true mercy is, you know, we, we realize this idea that uh, from, our, from the verse, sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, we realize if we're sowing righteousness, we're going to reap mercy. Where is mercy coming from? All grace and mercy come from God. Uh, number one, he bought us at Calvary. He didn't leave us to die and go to hell. He gave us the last Adam, as, we, as he's called, to save our souls. Amen. So God gave us a way to be saved from this broken world, from this sinful world, and from a destination that is a real literal hell. God gave us a way, and that is through Jesus Christ. And when we're saved, we're born again. And that is his mercy, amen. That is God's mercy. We, we, uh, another way to refer to it is this grace. And we are, um, you know, that's like unmerited favor. There's nothing we can do to earn it, but we certainly should enjoy it, amen. I've heard a lot of good preaching lately on the idea of enjoying God's grace. We should enjoy the grace that we're given because we, we, we don't deserve it and we're given it. And we're also given scripture, this is also his grace and mercy, to understand what we do matters. And the consequences are either great for our good or our destruction, you know? And so you go back to Genesis 1, you see God says, hey, let's bring this forth, this vegetation, this fruit, these trees. Let's bring it forth that this seed that can yield fruit, that can yield vegetables, that, that can reproduce because the seed is in itself, amen? It doesn't need any outside uh, help to, to uh, reproduce. Again, I know a lot of gardeners have all kinds of tricks uh, up their sleeve, a certain kind of soil they may use or a certain greenhouse or whatever it may be. But again, God's planting these seeds and growing these things up without anybody's help. And so what we see is God created 
this idea for us to understand that, you know what? We have an obligation to sow seeds of righteousness that the same God that wants us to understand that he is the provider of all things wants us to understand very clearly that his mercy and grace is available to all that would accept it. You know, that all that would accept it, right? And, And how... Rare is it that someone just sells out for God and says, God, I'm 100% in. I love you and I accept you. It's very, very rare. A verse comes to mind, James 4, 8, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Yes, speaking to those that have got a double, not single-minded, not just on sin. They're double-minded. Their mind is on sin and on God. And 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 James 4, 8 is compelling them, get close to him and and repent, get right with God. Amen. Because he desires a relationship with you and he's provided the, the way for you to be saved, to be born again, the spirit living within you to be sanctified. Amen. And to grow in knowledge of him. And I know that you look at Genesis one and you say, well, that's a whole lot to think about for, you know, how God created everything, but it is important. It's very important because it shows us that God has an order and a design, right? Think about the examples that God uses in his word uh, to refer to himself. The bread, right? We all know what bread is, amen, and most of us love it. Uh, The water, amen, we all know what water is, amen. Uh, the, the, The stone the builders rejected, you know, the cornerstone. You may not exactly know what a cornerstone is, but if you've seen a building, you often could see a cornerstone, especially the older buildings. Uh, you know, he uses these examples because he created these things that we're very familiar with them. And so when we, when we look at Genesis 1 and we say, you know what, there's layers to this that we really need to consider, that God is creating these things, introducing these things to us early on so that we can then be provided for in a material sense, but also for us to understand that he has a plan for us. And that plan for us is to be good spiritual stewards of what he's given to us, the opportunities, the idea of appropriating what he's given to us, to ourselves by living for him, by sowing spiritual seeds and reaping that righteousness, reaping that mercy, reaping that grace that only Jesus Christ can provide. Never forget that it only comes from Christ. Tune in next time as we dive deeper into Genesis 1. Thank you so much for listening. Take care, God bless, and amen. Thanks for spending time with us today at the cafe. We would love to hear from you. You can email Brother Clark directly at clark at enduringpromise.org. See you again tomorrow, same time, same place.